Welcome back, everybody, to the Box Score Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we are going to preview the NFC West with Clinton Talon. That's coming up in a second. I'm going to hit my one big thing. But real quick, I just want to just remind everybody that this is still the Nutty Buddy Sports Podcast. Same characters. We're going to have the same um, sort of games throughout the season, the NFL season, the NBA season. Uh, but uh, we just changed the name because we thought it'd be easier for people to find. So that's that's why the names changed, but the characters will remain the same. Um, just like I've been doing with every other division, I'm going to do my one big thing that I'm interested in um, watching this division, not just this year, but even moving forward, that we already talked about or we didn't get a chance to discuss. But I kind of wanted to dive a little deeper into the weirdness of the quarterback class of this division. And more than any other division, this division to me, we could have in two, three years, none of these quarterbacks quarterbacking their teams. Just think of that for a second. Now, that's not like every other division. If you just go over some of the divisions, you know you got Hurts and Dak. You got, you know, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud. That'll probably be the quarterback for the Texans for at least three years. And you can go on and on with all of them. You know, Tua, Herbert. You can go with Josh Allen. Keep keep going, right? Like, you can go on uh, Justin Fields and um, uh, Jordan Love. That's another one, right? Uh, it, you could go on and most divisions have at least one quarterback or two that you can feel fairly confident that in three years that they're all going to be the quarterback of that team in three years because of the way the NFL, NFL works. The NFL, you keep your quarterbacks. But in this division, would we be surprised or would you be surprised if the quarterback – of all four of these teams, was someone different in two or three years? I mean, just think about it. Geno Smith had a really good year this last year. Did he turn his career around? Did he have a Rich Gannon-type career, maybe a little Kurt Warner-ish? Or, or um, was it just a one-year wonder, right? What about Brock Purdy? We talked about that with Clint uh, Scott Mitchell, he's a, he's an older quarterback you should look up because he had a, a stretch of games in which he won with the Miami Dolphins when Dan Marino got injured. That got him a starting quarterback job, and he was not the quarterback he was uh, when he was a backup. There's just some quarterbacks that are good at being backups. Uh, what is Brock Purdy? Do we know what he's going to be moving forward? Is he what he was? Is he the quarterback he was the eight games he played last year or is he going to be someone else once people get more tape on him that's going to be interesting to see the the Niners aren't committed to him they just traded Trey Lance who they picked third overall who got the Miami Dolphins that trade got the Miami Dolphins Bradley uh, Chubb Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle. so if they're willing to move on from Trey Lance after two years, if Brock Purdy does not show his stuff this year or even next, he could be gone, right? You got Matthew Stafford, who is talking about not having connection with his wide receiver group. He He's not um, 
seeing a way he can lead them because of the communication sort of disconnect. That was a week ago, I think, that was reported on. That's interesting. And I love Stafford, but he might be gone. You know, might retire after this year or next. Who knows, right? And then you have Kyler Murray, which is probably the most interesting quarterback out of these out of this group because he's still young. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a Cardinal, but I also wouldn't be surprised if after they tank this year, they move off of Kyler Murray and try to trade him to a team that might be a quarterback away where um, he can, he you know, like for a couple picks and just get whoever the best quarterback is next year. Caleb Williams, right? That's the big guy. Uh, big name coming out of college. So no matter what division you look at, you can see a quarterback in basically any division that you're like, that guy will be on this roster for three years, four years, five years. But in this division, this is the one division that I think the quarterback room of all divisions, all I mean all the teams in this division, could end up changing next year or the year after and it might be a totally different group i also think it's fascinating when you think about the rise and fall of this division this was one of the toughest divisions like three years ago and now it's like a two-team race for last and a two-team race for first so that's another interesting aspect so that's that's something that i thought was interesting that i share with you guys now, that was my one big thing. Let's get into the podcast with Talon and Clint. Welcome back, everybody, to the Box Score Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And on today's episode, we are going to preview the NFC West. And to do that with me, we have Talon back. Talon, how's it going, man? Hey, it's great to be back. How are you doing? I am great. I just got back from Disney World. Disney World. Did you get any lightsabers? Yeah, no, I should have. I didn't though. I didn't. Sore I subjects, didn't. Sore subjects. Sore, sore subjects. Uh, I'd rather talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and uh, <laughs> also with us is Clint. Clint, how's it going? Not too bad. It only took us like two weeks to get it together. So <laughs> I know, here. I know. But the fireworks show was so worth postponing the podcast. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> um, so let's uh let's get into this division. It's kind of uh I guess in my opinion a two team race which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. But why don't we start with a division overview? We're going to first rank the quarterbacks 1 through 4. Let's start with you Clint. How do you have the quarterbacks ranked in this division going into the 2023 NFL season? I was going to go with Colt McCoy, but he got cut today. Ah, so me too, bro. <laughs> so he has the ball down the list. Um no, I mean, I, I guess I'll have to go with Matthew Stafford still first if he can actually play. Um, when he's healthy, he's still got, you know, the most talent in the division. Whoever plays for the Colts, I mean, the Colts, <laughs> the Cardinals, Josh Jobs, probably that's four. Um, and then you just flip in the middle, like Geno Smith and Brock Purdy were like maybe one hit wonders last year. So I am going to take surprisingly to you all Brock Purdy mm-hmm. <laughs> Homer. I don't think it's I don't think there's a, a huge difference between the two okay okay how about you uh Talon do you have it the same or do you have your guy yeah, I've, I've got it I've got it the same Stafford won uh until he proves otherwise or that he's fallen off a cliff he's by far the best I think uh then Purdy too 
Gino wasn't able to beat him uh, at all last year. So until he does, uh, I'm giving Purdy the two slot. Gino right behind him, though. I mean, it's like Clint said, it's very close. So Gino three. And then I, I've got Murray ranked. Even if when Murray comes back, I still think he's the fourth in this division until he proves otherwise. So, yeah, I can't. I kind of can't wait to talk a little bit about the Cardinals because it's like what they're doing this year and what they might do with Murray next year might be pretty interesting. Uh, I I have the same list as you guys. You guys except I have Brock and Gino flipped. I think it's pretty close. The reason why I have it flipped is mainly because the body of work for Gino last season. He 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 played in all seventeen games last season. Brock kind of came in for like a six to eight week stretch and he was good. So it was just more of like a body of work thing. I, I think Gino just had a larger body of work than, than Brock. And so I gave him the nod at number two, but I think you're both right. It's, it's probably uh, pretty close. Um, well, you convinced me I'm changing my rankings. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and, and we've seen it like where a, a quarterback will come in that ends up being a career backup where they'll have like a six to eight week stretch. But we've also seen where a quarterback, will come in and be like a one hit wonder like Gino. So it, you can go either way with it. I just did Gino just because of the body work. Okay. Let's do uh skilled positions. Uh, let's start with you uh, talent on this one. How do you have them rank uh, this team skilled positions? Yeah. Niners one uh, CMC Kittle Debo. Ayuk. I it just, it's hard to beat that combo. It's so deadly. Uh, then Seahawks. Uh, adding JSN, we'll talk more about that later. Metcalf, Lockett. I still like our tight ends. Uh, Uncle Will Disley, Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson. Uh, they're just no kittle, but they are solid, especially r- run blocking. And then Kenneth Walker, love Charbonnet, the addition of him. So definitely second. And I would add close seconds. Then Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and then uh, Cardinals dead last. Uh, do you have the same, Clint? I do. It's hard. To... <laughs> this division is like exciting for two of us here, and the other two teams, it's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the same. Um, it's interesting though because like the Seahawks, they have like almost a deeper set of weapons, but the high end of the Niners just outclasses the the you know the good to very good. Uh, players that the Seahawks have like you know you mentioned Debo McCaffrey and Kittle those three are just uh, you know so good and then and obviously Seahawks are right there but they're below and then obviously Cup is the only really good uh, skilled player on 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 the other two teams so by default the Rams go to three so uh, but it's closer than what you think because if they lose Cup they're in the same spot in my opinion (laughs) Uh, let's do defenses. Clint, what do you got for defenses for us? Um, pretty much the same order. Yeah. <laughs> Niners, Seahawks. Though I will go Cardinals defense over the Rams defense for this year. I think the, well, the Rams traded, I mean, the Cardinals traded a couple of their guys, but the Rams defense is a bunch of young backup guys, minus Aaron Donald and maybe uh, Ernest Jones. But I think the, the Cardinals have, better defensive talent I don't know if they'll have a better defense because I think their offense is going to be terrible but um laying it out I would put the Rams defense fourth yeah I'm actually with you on that Clint um for all those reasons what about you Talon are you on same page I'm gonna I'm gonna still take the Rams at three just because coaching I think coaching will 
elevate the players they do have. Obviously, their cornerbacks are non-existent. Uh, there will be a lot of yards put up against the Rams, but I think more teams will have scoring op- opportunities against the Cardinals. So Cardinals will probably let up more points. Uh, so, yeah, I've got Niners 1, Seahawks 2, Rams 3, Cardinals 4, but it's close. They're both bad. Yeah, we're seeing a pattern here. That, like Clinton said, two teams on top, two teams on bottom, and it's I don't think it's that close when it comes to uh, those two groups. Okay, you guys ready to get into previewing the individual teams? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. So the Arizona Cardinals last year, they finished 4-13. and 13. They were 21st in offense and 31st in defense. Uh, let's talk about their favorite move. Talon, what was your favorite move that the Cardinals made this uh, offseason? It was the way they handled themselves come draft day, especially in day one. They could have easily just stayed at three and drafted their guy, Paris Johnson Jr. That's who they wanted. He was a central piece to their rebuild uh, mentality right now. But instead, they traded back to 12 overall to acquire the 30, uh, 33rd overall pick and Houston's first and third round pick in 2024. Perfect re- for rebuilding. But then they traded back up to six to get their guy. So it just was it was masterfully done. It was nice to see them not just sitting back and letting the draft come to them. They they made moves. They made the draft their own. Yeah, I really liked that what they did in the first round as well, especially that's Texans pick. That Texans pick. I mean, the Texans, I don't mind what they did this offseason, but that that jump all the way up was a little aggressive, in my opinion. Um, Clint, what about you? What was your favorite move that the Cardinals made? Um, it has to be that. I mean, being able to get being able to get the Texans first round pick next year, which even if the Texans make improvement, um, they're not going to sniff uh, very high in the AFC. Um, but I'll, I'll give them credit for their getting a new coach too. It just wasn't working. Um, bringing in uh, Jonathan Gannon. I guess I'm not a huge fan of his defense. The Eagles, it was kind of there. Uh, they had some weakness in that, but they had to move on. And I think as we've seen from their, their moves of trading Isaiah Simmons and a few other guys, like they're cleaning house and um, waiting for Caleb. Yeah. Yeah, and I actually, I, I have as a sneaky move just because I thought we'd all have draft day. I put releasing Colt McCoy because he's kind of the type of quarterback that might accidentally win you five games, you know? Uh, so going with, I think, Joshua Dobbs is their number one on their depth chart right now or something like that. Uh, I think that that puts them in, like you said, in prime position to get that first overall pick and start rebuilding maybe with a different quarterback or you have that as depending what you want to do with Kyler. Okay, let's do least favorite move. Clint, what was the your least favorite move that the Cardinals made? <laughs> um, I don't know if they have like a terrible move. I mean, they lost a lot of talent, but I think you have to um bleed out <laughs> because they kind of they kind of went old and went for it. So all those guys, Hopkins, JJ Watt retired, AJ Green, like all these guys, they left, but I mean, I guess trading, it's, it's it seems to be a uh, a theme of this division. Trading your first-round pick from a few years ago for a seventh-round pick doesn't seem ideal. So I guess I'll go with trading Isaiah Simmons. They just couldn't seem to get him to work between linebacker or safety. Yeah, and, and like if that's the worst move 
it's not bad. They're they're heading in a direction. What about you, Talon? What what did you have for their least favorite? I guess not doing anything to make the locker room, the guys that you have, feel like they can compete. You want to still have a rebuild year, but also have the guys competing and and still firing them up and staying close in these games. And with what they did in the draft compared to their offseason moves, I mean, they didn't do anything really offseason. In fact, they let their defensive tackle Zach Allen go and then quarterback uh, Byron Murphy. And so it's just kind of interesting. It's like you can have a rebuild year, but then keep the team competitive and have that fire move into the next season. And I don't know if they're really doing that. So that's my least favorite move moves. Yeah, I had Byron Murphy as well. He's only 25. It's like, yeah, I understand if you want to like kind of like be bad on purpose, but can you keep the young talent you do have? You have to spend money right. on someone. Why not a 25 year old corner who showed some promise uh, for for that situation? The organizational problems uh, put him in a better situation. He probably you know gets better. So uh, I just think losing him was not ideal for a Cardinals team. Um. Okay, let's go to green flag. Our biggest green flag for the Arizona Cardinals. Talon, we'll start with you this time. Uh, I just like to, I, I want to see them get Kyler Murray going back in the right direction. I, I love watching him play. Two years ago, watching him play was so much fun. I want to see that again. So my biggest green flag that I want to see uh, that would be so nice for the NFL and for the NFC that's lacking quarterbacks overall, uh, get Kyler Murray back in the right direction. Yeah, he's a fun fantasy guy as well. So, yeah, I like I like that one. Uh, Clint, what about you? Yeah, it has to be whatever they're going to do with Kyler Murray. I think he might come back at the end of the year and they're going to trade him <laughs> this next offseason because I think they're going to uh, have the first pick. But they have to get whatever youth they have going you know, like James Conner is starting for them. Like, I don't think that's going to last a whole year. Like, what, what's the point of having a close to 30-year-old running back? Maybe he's not quite that old, but a veteran running back and have the rookie behind him. So I think they just have to get whatever youth that they have going again. Kyler Murray, but they got to protect him. Like, you don't want him to come back too early and <laughs> re-hurt himself, and you're really setting yourself back. At least even you're going to take the option to trade him off the table if he re-injures his knee. Um, so just getting your youth going. Yeah, that's something to watch if they can do that this year. Um, I, I have tanking, tanking, tanking. They are doing it right. Okay. Like we do not reward winning in any sport at all, other than if you win the championship or if you're sort of progressing, but like, if you win seven games, like if the Cardinals win seven games, they, they pick the middle of the round uh, of the, of the draft in the middle of the draft, they don't get a franchise quarterback for winning. So the fact that, especially in the NFL, that they're kind of going all in and being like, Hey, let's just be really bad this year and build up to next year. I actually like that they're doing that because it it, it is, it is a direction and it seems like they're doing it right. So I, I actually think that's a green flag for the Cardinals. Um. Let's do a red flag. You got a red flag, Clint? They just seem like a mess. <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> Organizationally whatever, and everything, yep. Yeah, I mean, whatever they did the last few years, that they, they kind of just patched it together, and it just, it just fell apart. And, I mean, I guess your biggest red flag might be winning too many games <laughs> at this point. But <laughs> I think they got rid of Colt McCoy, so I don't think that's a, a problem, especially uh, 
in this division and their schedule isn't terrible, but um, I think they're on track to win less than three games. Yeah, you, you might not be wrong about that. How about you, Talon? Just the constant rebuilding years. Like, I understand tanking, but this seems like a perennial theme for this team. It's like, tank, oh, we're starting to do good. Oh, no, let's tank again. Because it was just 2019 when they got Kyler Murray first mm-hmm. overall. That wasn't that long ago. So it's just kind of like the same old the same old story for these guys. So it'd be nice to see them get that first overall pick, even maybe one and two. Wouldn't that be the first time in history that that's done with their pick in the Texans? That would be nice. But again, don't just have the mentality of tanking. Be competitive in these games and have that transfer over into the 2024 start of the season. It's just kind of getting old watching the same old narrative with this team. Yeah, in fact, wasn't Josh Rosen a top 10 pick? So they yeah, was. So that was in 2018. So think about it in like a span of five to six years, they could draft three top five quarterbacks and not have, you know, you know, and having to get rid of them in, in concession. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I have like, there's just nothing to watch on this team. Like without Kyler Murray, nobody who's tuning into a Cardinals game. Like if you think of like the Colts or the, you know, the Texans, at least you have, or the Panthers, you know, teams like that, they have their young quarterbacks. You can kind of watch for, you know, even though they might not lose a ton of games, what are they capable of? There's something exciting about them. Uh, There is nothing exciting about the Cardinals this season, unless if you're a Niners and Seahawks fan, the excitement is you're going to walk all over them. Uh, But other than that, I just don't find any reason to watch this team. And that's a red flag for me because you got to give your fans something to watch. And I don't see anything to watch in this team. So um, fantasy go to uh, let me just ask this. Do we have one on this team? Does anyone have one? I I do. Okay, go ahead. And I love that you added this question. This is my favorite question throughout all the teams. I love fantasy football. Uh, Hollywood Brown. He's probably going to be a PPR machine uh, points per reception if, if that's your league format because he's just going to get a lot of targets because he's the only guy to target and you can get him so cheap. And usually even on bad teams, especially with a bad defense, they're going to have to put up points. Uh, they'll be slinging it in most games and you can get him in the sixth round, fifth round, uh, 83rd, you know, uh, average draft. Uh, player position so yeah Hollywood Brown would be my target probably only target on this team yeah he he might be like a sleeper yeah I I would just personally I just stay away because he can't he he doesn't typically stay healthy um but he is sort of like a guy I guess you could take a a flyer on I could see that um but yeah I have stay away that's what's my fantasy go-to is stay away (laughs) So uh, let's predict, let's uh, uh, predict their, their season. Um, the professionals down in Las Vegas, they have their over under set at four and a half wins. So let's see what we have here. Clint, you're laughing. What do you got for a prediction for the Cardinals? Under. <laughs> under. Okay. Uh, what about you, Talon? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to slam the under button multiple times i've got them at three wins just because they play the texans bears falcons and maybe maybe they win a division game uh it seems like our division even the worst team always sneaks one in there uh so between that i see them winning three of those so three and 14 
Yeah, I have him under as well. Uh, Stafford gets injured, and then that might be a different story because then the Ram- he, they could they could squeak two wins out of the Rams if they were you know if Stafford isn't healthy. So we'll see what happens there. Um, speaking of the Rams, let's go and talk about the Los Angeles Rams. So they finished five and twelve last year. They were twenty seventh in offense and 22nd in defense. So let's uh, talk first about our favorite move. Uh, Let's start with you, Clint, on this one. What was your favorite move that Rams made? Well, they didn't make many for the plus side. (laughs) It's true. In the the draft, if if Stafford's going to be healthy and looking for the the future, I like Puka Nakua out of BYU. Kind of like he's a... um, analytics darling as far as his catches and all of that but i mean they literally added like a tight end and a third string quarterback (laughs) outside of the draft so they didn't really do much on the the addition side but you know they got a guard the second third round yeah second round so they need offensive line help but the rams are kind of patchworking it right now yeah, the the lack of draft a- assets throughout the years is finally catching up to them, uh, but they got a Super Bowl out of it. Uh, what about you, Talon? Yeah, they they restructured some deals to uh, free up some cap space, which is very limited in that franchise right now. And then also the the way they were able to get fourteen picks between days two and three in the NFL draft. It's hard to miss on 14 picks when you've got that many tries. It's like throwing darts at a dartboard blindfolded. You're going to hit a few. Uh, So it's interesting to see how many of those players transpire for the future. Yeah, one of those players was a punter. I bet he'll end up being something. (laughs) That's a good point. Um, I I just, uh, as a Stafford backer, I just, him healthy, that was my favorite move. I mean, it's nothing they really did but he did come back. So that's good. Uh, having Aaron Donald come back, uh, come back as well. That was, uh, uh good for them. Uh, so Stafford being healthy is like you said, with a, a off season of very little moves, that's my favorite move. Just let him get healthy. Good. Awesome. Uh, least favorite move. Let's start with you on this one talent. Yeah. Going back to the draft, it seems like they had, 14 picks so in their mind they could draft whoever they wanted whenever they wanted so they did reach for a few guys uh like the young edge byron something in the third uh when he was supposed to go way later i get to take your guy but why not take him when you could have him later in the draft and take maybe a higher graded player so just reaching for some guys it seemed a little sloppy but we'll see yeah, Byron Young. Yeah, that that's the thing is is good as it's good you get the guys you like, but if you reach for them and you and it doesn't work out, you're gonna get a lot of um, you know crap thrown your way, justifiably. So, uh, Clint, what about you? What was your least favorite move? I think along the same line, like Stetson Bennett, like he's old, <laughs> like he's a he, he's kind of like uh, uh, who did the Browns draft years ago? Like he was like 27 when he came out or whatever. So. Like, even if you think he's going to be decent by the time um, you're going to play him and you're going to be good, that guy's going to be almost 30 already. So I just, I just think picks like that, like when you're in the position the Rams are, you might as well just, when you throw that dart, go for a young guy that you think has upside. And it was a fourth round pick. So, I mean, granted, you're taking a quarterback in the fourth. This isn't like, <laughs> like terrible, but maybe you could get an offensive lineman, a linebacker, an edge, you know, something that has potential that you can lock up for, you know, several years instead of a 
probably your backup quarterback. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you remember John Beck? The Dolphins drafted John Beck. He was 27. Yeah, that guy was older. Yeah. Um, so I had tr- trading Jalen Ramsey, and it's only because it's – and we'll get into it. I don't want to get too far into it in the red flag, but it's kind of like your defense was pretty bad, and now it's going to be worse, and you still have people on your team that are ready to win now. And so you trade away a ready-to-win-now player for, you know, you're just not – for what you know a pick that you ended up you know reaching on or whatever so i just think trading him with sort of like with a team that's still kind of they're not built to win now but they still have win now players on the team is kind of like confusing i guess it's like because you're not choosing a direction and i don't like teams that don't choose a direction to go um so that would be one of my least favorite moves uh let's go to green flags uh, let's start with you on this one, Clint. What's your green flag with the Los Angeles Rams? Um, Stafford and Cup are healthy for right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I have <laughs> so, too. Yeah. So as long as those two are healthy, um, well, at least for Cooper Cup's sake, because you know they throw it short. That the offensive line <laughs> isn't so hot. So I don't know how long that'll last. But those are two of the best players in the league. So as long as you have them, in theory, I guess you have a shot to be competitive in some of these games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Talon? Yeah, their their head coach stayed healthy. No, <laughs> I do <laughs> think <good>. that <laughs> he's in my mind. He's still the best head coach in the NFL. I take him over anybody. Uh, so it'd be cool to see what he does with this team, not having the most talented roster in the NFL anymore, which he won the Super Bowl with. Let's see. Really, let's test how good he is. Yeah, I like that too. And it's funny because that's the three people that I had down Stafford, Cup, McVeigh, they're all back. So even Donald, like they were all like, for some reason, like all of them were like, ah, do we want to come back next year? Let's retire. Some of them are still kind of like young to retire. Like Aaron Donald, I think, is only 30. And so it's just like, well, and then they all came back. So at least for Rams fans, that gives them something to look forward to. Hey, what can McVeigh do with this young talent? How Stafford and Cup going to help make games competitive? So they at least have something to to root for and watch on Sundays. Okay, biggest red flag, Talon. What do you got for biggest uh, red flag? Lack of cornerbacks. <laughs> they're they're going to be eaten alive. But this is a good a green flag for any fantasy football team look target this matchup if if your any of your players are playing against the rams target those put those in your starting lineup because they'll they'll eat yeah that's i like that one i like even the the fantasy aspect of it how about you uh clint yeah i I think just the defense overall especially the cornerbacks but like aaron donald will do aaron donald things but it's going to be harder than ever because (laughs) there's not much around him um they got one semi-proven linebacker um so i just think it's going to be <laughs> a lot of points scored against them which if you have uh cup and safford maybe you get some in some of these games some garbage points out of that but uh that defense i think is going to be just horrendous especially as the year goes and any injuries to any of the guys they have it's just gonna snowball on them yeah, I agree with both you guys. And and I just I just put it as my biggest red flag is seems directionless in the sense of like you're you got players that are ready to win now and your team is nowhere near competing. So that that I just don't like in any team. Um so uh 
that's a red flag for me. Yeah. Uh, fantasy go to Clint. Who's your fantasy football go to on this? The Rams. It would be Cooper Cup if you yeah. see. I'm just worried. Like we'll get to it when we look at like projections or whatever. But I just worry. I, I think Cooper Cup, as long as healthy, is going to put up numbers. But like based on their early season schedule, it just makes me nervous that you're going to get first round value out of them <laughs> as the season goes, especially if Stafford goes or they sit Stafford to the back half of the year to get a better pick. So he's got to be the, you know, the easy go-to one, but I don't have a lot of confidence in any of these guys for a whole season that it's going to uh, last. Yeah. I, I had cup two. Who did you have Talon? Yeah. Cooper cup, because the reasoning is like J- Justin Jefferson is usually the first wide receiver taken off the board, then Jamar Chase, then Tyreek Hill. And the thought that two years ago, Cooper Cup going as the fourth or the fifth wide receiver in last year's draft would be laughable. And yet it shows the recency bias of most fantasy football players. If he can stay healthy, there's no reason that he can't go back to what he was doing back in 2021. And so to me, if you're drafting in like the seven, eight, eight, nine slot in snake drafts, and then it snakes back around to you, you can get Cooper Cup with like a Nick Chubb. That's better than a Justin Jefferson with a, a later round running back, uh, maybe like an Alexander Madison or a Tony Pollard there. That's my mindset because I think he could be a two to three overall this year easily. Yeah, if he stays healthy and Stafford stays healthy, if you can keep those guys healthy, I think they're both going to put up numbers. Uh, I would be a little, well, the, it, it might be the effect of like the Hollywood Brown effect that we talked about where like the defense might be so bad that even if the backup quarterback goes in, as long as cups healthy, he's going to get like 20 targets. And if he catches seven of them, who knows, he's really good uh, after, after the catch receiver. So I could see that working out for him as long as he stays healthy. Okay. Let's predict the Rams uh, talent, uh, the f- professionals in Vegas. They have it at six and a half wins. Where do you have the Rams finishing this year? I've got it just over. I think they're going to get seven wins still just because of good coaching. I've got them at seven and 10. However, I don't think their first one's going to come until October. They, their start of season schedule is tough. I mean, they go to Seattle. They always play a stuff, but I don't think we're going to lose that one at home opening day. Uh, then they have the Niners coming to town and then they have to go all the way to Cincy to play the Bengals. So it's going to be tough. That is a rough start to the schedule. Uh, Clint, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to come in right around six or seven, just because his talent was bringing out, you don't have the Colts. And then after the Colts, you have the Eagles and then they have the freebie of Arizona, but then they have Pittsburgh, Dallas, Green Bay before their bye week. Like, you're looking at like a two and seven starting <laughs> maybe. And I, that's where I, I get worried about all of the, the players is if, if you get two and seven into the bye week like, you know, what's the point of throwing some of these guys out here and you come after the bye week you got Seattle again, <laughs> you know? So like, I worry that once you get that point, where, where do we start playing? Like, Hey, do we really want to beat Arizona week 12? <laughs> like, where are we at here on this schedule? So I will go with the over though, because I don't feel like Sean McVay is he, I don't feel like he came back to be like, Hey, let's go two and 15 this season. Um, so what did you say? The over six and a half? Yeah. I'll take the over at seven, but 
I'm not confident because I worry that they have a tough end of the season schedule too, that they're just going to bury it. <laughs> that that's uh that's fair. I, I'm, I'm going to go under and partly because I just don't know if the two main players that they need to, to win six, seven games is going to stay healthy. That, that part scares me as well. So a tough schedule and then Stafford and cups health. Um, I'm a little nervous about that. I hope they stay healthy, but um especially Stafford. He, he worries me with that elbow, even though they, everything is, is, is greenlit. They're ready to go. Um, I'm still a little worried about that. So I'm going to go under because I also agree with you, Clint, if they start to lose and they're like, let's say one and eight going into the buy or whatever, I, I, I don't see any reason to keep throwing Stafford and cup out there if you don't have to. So um, yeah, but we'll see. All right. You guys ready to go on to Seattle Seahawks? Born Talent, ready. Born ready. Talent, this is on you. So they were six and eight last year. I'm not six and eight, nine and eight, nine and eight. And they were ninth in offense and 25th in defense. Uh, probably one of the biggest surprises last year. Um, so Talon, what was your favorite move that your Seattle Seahawks made? My favorite one when I was watching the draft was Jackson Smith and Jigba. I was stunned. I didn't think we would ever make a move like that. Drafting arguably the best wide receiver in the draft. Most reports had him as the best. Uh, and it, it shows me their mentality. It seems like in the past, Pete Carroll would usually be like, no, you know, even though we got to play the Niners and the Eagles, they've got these high powered offenses. Let's beat them with better defense. He's, he's finally like, no, let's get some more offensive weapons so that we can possibly keep up with them, even out firepower them. So that was, that was a great, nice change of pace. Yeah, it's like they went best player available instead of worrying about need, which I think is important. I like when they do strength on strength, especially at like the receiver position, because you can have four out there at a time. Defense align other positions. It's strength on strength is good. So I really like uh, that as well. I also liked Witherspoon. Um, I I did like the other cornerback better. Christian Gonzalez. Is that right? Is that the. Yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I liked him a little better. But it, Witherspoon isn't bad either, so that was that was a good pick. Um, Clint, what do you have for your favorite move that the Seahawks made? I would say again, JSN. I just think it helps. Lockett is he's still good, but he's slowly aging out, and the way receivers get paid nowadays, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's true. A decent contract going forward. But once you push thirty, um, I think you know being able to swap them out or at least for this year, having all three of them is a huge benefit. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun offense to watch. Let's go least favorite move. Talon, what was your least favorite move that the Seahawks made? (laughs) Probably playing uh, JSN too late in that second preseason game. Uh, Then he got that that wrist injury. That was a bummer. I was like, he's already proven. He's already been lighting up training camp. So it wasn't really a move, but it, it, it was in the sense they put him out there. I had to really dig on this one, too, uh, even when when searching up worst move, because I in my tracking them all offseason, I didn't see them make any moves that I was like, ooh, that, that wasn't a good idea. So, like, Nick Ballore paying him $6.6 million over a two-year contract is steep uh, for a fullback and a special teams guy. But then I was I was thinking about it. He's one of our – biggest hype pieces in the locker room all the players love Nick Ballore so you got to have guys like that so I think that was the mindset there so I don't even hate that move 
then there were a ton of complaints about uh, paying $4 million a year to Drew Locke. But then after his preseason, well, that's looking pretty smart because he did he was phenomenal in preseason. Again, it's against backups, but he looked sharp. He looked crisp. And with injuries and stuff, it's nice to have a guy, uh, a, a quarterback locker room that has some depth. Yeah. Uh, so so it was hard to pick one. You're you're just saying like playing playing him Those into were, the Jets yeah. and into the preseason was probably the the stupidest thing they did all offseason, which is fine. That, which is yeah, fine. That, little biased, yeah, but totally fine. fine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so, totally. I turned my negatives into positives is more like defending the least favorite moves, but there weren't really any. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to hear what Clint says. Uh maybe he can change my mind. Yeah, maybe. Go ahead, Clint. Try to change his mind. No, I don't think they they like all the guys they lost, I don't think are like massive losses. The only one I thought that maybe could stand out was Puna Ford. Like he was really big inside. Again, not a terrible loss because, you know, he, it's not like he was Aaron Donald. <laughs> but, you know, right. sometimes these depth pieces are guys that are solid. Like initially it doesn't seem like a big deal. And then as the season goes, if someone gets hurt and then you're like, who, who are we putting in here in the middle? But outside of that, like, you know, I know uh, like Ryan Neal, a lot of people, I don't think he was that great. <laughs> like, I think he's one of those yeah. tackling safeties that you're like, yeah, we'll, we'll target him, but he gets a lot of tackles. So th- that's all I could think of. Like all the other guys are kind of like bit pieces or guys that were injured a lot. So I don't think they really uh, suffered a loss that would make you go, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's. That's fair. Uh, yeah, it was hard to find one. I just picked the Drew Locke signing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a the last supporter of Drew Locke because of his arm. I love his arm. He, he has a strong arm, but it's almost like four million. You probably could have got a little bit better of a backup in case Gino got hurt. Uh, he does know the system, so that's a positive. Like you don't have to train another. But if you got a veteran backup, they they can pick up systems pretty easy. But I mean, like, seriously, if that's the worst move the Seahawks made in my eyes, that's that's pretty good. So um, that's the only only thing I had. Let's green flag them. What do you got for their green flag, uh, Talon? Did any of you guys see the video of uh, Pete Carroll out there in practice uh, throwing, throwing balls to yeah, the wide I did receivers? See that. Yeah, that was my biggest green flag. If if we happen to lose all three of our uh, quarterbacks, get Pete Carroll in a in a uniform jersey and and go out there. He he looked he looked great. I just can't believe it. He, he's mind blowing. Uh, but no. In, in all honesty, <laughs> my biggest green flag is just to to uh, to see us take the step up on defense. Going back to t- being a top ten, uh, top five even defense would be awesome. And I think we've got the the health and the pieces now to finally be there. Uh, we'll see how the defensive line plays. But yeah, that's my biggest green flag. I had that as well. What do you had, Clint? I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. I think he's going to have 14 or 15 touchdowns this year <laughs> because wow. of his uh, being able to, like last year, he had what his lowest touchdowns of the right. of his career. And I think he had the most end zone targets or a red zone target. So I think that will swing back around and the other offensive additions will help and there was a couple of things I was reading that uh, Geno Smith's favorite target, like especially down there is was DK Metcalf in practice and that. So I think he will have a big year, not like receptions or probably not yards, but I think he will have many touchdowns. 
Yeah, I, I think I, I agree uh, sort of with you. I don't know about the many touchdowns. I just think it's going to be easy for him. The weapons that Seattle has put around Geno Smith, that's another green flag. Their their offense is going to be super exciting as long as they can stay healthy. So uh, they're going to be fun to watch this year. Uh, biggest red flag, Talon? Yeah, it, it's in the trenches. It didn't seem like we boosted those up on either side of the ball too much. In fact, like uh, Clint was saying, the – uh, worst move losing Puna Ford and stuff like that. We didn't really do anything to necessarily replace him with another big guy. Uh, same with the O line help. Uh, with the O line, it could mean one of two things: we're slipping into old habits where we don't value the O line enough, and that that got us into a world of trouble. Or uh, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas have just really made the next step, and they're going to be out of this world. That's what I'm hoping for, obviously, but. That's my biggest concern, biggest worry is uh, winning the trench battle. And we know how important that is in the NFL. So yeah, that's that that's right. a concern. Um, Clint. I would agree. I'll go on the defensive side. And I think <laughs> pass rush, they have to have a pass rush. And I worry linebacker wise, Jordan Brooks is coming back from an ACL. Like it sounds like he's gonna be ready to go, but you're probably not a hundred percent, you know, like he's less than a year out and Bobby Wagner is really solid, but he's kind of turned into the, I make a tackle, but it's five yards down the field kind of tackle. So especially in a, a Niners matchup, as if I was a, the Seahawks, that would worry me as Kyle Shanahan attacks the linebackers and Jordan Brooks coming off injury and Bobby Wagner being still good, but a little slower uh, in coverage and, and, you know, covering the zone runs. Yeah, that's, that's so, so even linebacker, you're a little worried about then too uh, long. So it's sort of the front seven. Yeah. It just really depends how he, Brooks has healed from his injury. Right. Um, we know who Bobby right. Wagner is, is at this point in his career. Um, Do you know I, off the top of your head, Ryan, uh, what uh, safety we signed from the New York giants this year? I'm trying to Google that really Julian Love. popping up. Yeah, Julian Love. Uh, he had a great preseason. If we have, just to Clint's point, just an idea that I think I see forming with the lack of linebacking help with Love and Quandre Diggs as the two, a free safety and strong safety, <laughs> Jamal Adams having him back in a hybrid position, helping the defensive line on blitzes and linebacker, he's just a hybrid player. So that might help bolster both of those things. We'll see. I've heard great things of about love in in uh preseason training camp. So just a just a thought, something we can maybe keep an eye out. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because he played linebacker like that hybrid. They, he's been doing that for, for all his career. Yeah. Um I have so this is kind of I don't know, just relying on Gino. I, I like Gino the year last year. Uh he he had a great year, but we've have seen quarterbacks come into the NFL and like have a real, like have a bad you know bad start have a great year and then fool everybody to think that they turn things around and then it, you know they don't they proceed to be the quarterback they were the first 8 years than the one year that they had so that that's a little bit of a red flag for me is that there's a lot of faith in Gino and uh I think he'll be fine but if man if it turns worse it's it's like you got all these weapons and nobody's throwing the football. So that's a little bit of a worry of mine. It's just, a, is the Gino Renaissance real or is it, is it just a one hit wonder type thing? Uh, I'd be a little worried about that. 
uh, if I were a fan of the Seahawks. I just Googled it and it says it's real. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Good. We're good. good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. As long as, as long as Google <laughs> says, okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Todd, I'm really interested in this one from you. Uh, fantasy football go-to. So who's your Seahawk of choice? For value. It's a screaming value. Tyler Lockett. He falls so far in drafts. And this is a guy that finishes the top 15, the last five years. The fact that he's falling, falling to the, wide receiver 30 34 35 it's just insane you can get him in the fifth sixth round I mean so thinking about you know going running back heavy even an early tight end like Darren Waller or uh, even a, a difference maker at quarterback and then having Tyler Lockett as your second wide receiver that late I mean the guy catches balls and he keeps himself healthy he doesn't take hits and so you're he's probably going to play another 16 17 games this year for that value he's he's my go-to i have him on all my teams that's great that's great what about you clint yeah he's hard to beat i'm i know he gets drafted higher and he i I don't think he's ever finished with more points per game than tyler rocket but i just think dk metcalf is going to be the touchdown guy this year um otherwise if it wasn't like someone obvious i would go with zach charbonnet because i think he will eat more and more into it um, with Kenneth Walker being good, but more of like a boomer bust. And if he doesn't get as many carries, if they kind of split that some, I think his effectiveness might wane. If you have, if you give him 10 carries and the first 10 go for 20 yards, then they're like, well, we're going to, you know, not give him a chance that 11th carry might go for 80 yards. So um, Zach Charbonnet, I would take, and I, in all my leagues, I hoard, backup running backs for injury and then trade them. So I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> yeah, that's, I like that because especially since uh, Kenneth Walker had trouble at the goal line, what do they do? Well, they go, they draft a monstrous running back to be able to sneak the ball in at the goal line. So yeah, that's a good pick too. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to just throw another, like, you know, throw this out there. Gino is kind of a sleepy pick as well. Think about the number of weapons he has. If you don't get one of those top quarterbacks and you want to just fill up on um, skilled positions and then draft a quarterback late, Gino might be a, a good, solid quarterback to get. He's he's going 16th off the board of quarterbacks. I could see him jumping into the top 10 of quarterbacks with the weapons he has if he has another really good year. So as you can tell throughout this Seattle's uh, preview. I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth when it comes to Geno Smith because I'm ready for anything. I'm ready for anything Geno throws at Covering us all year. the bases. That's right. Covering That's right. That's who, that way there I could be like, told you guys no matter what happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do uh, predictions. What do you got for Geno? Uh, I mean, Geno, the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, over under uh, Vegas has it at eight and a half. So what do you got, Talon? I don't see us uh, going under that. So I've got it over at 10 and seven. Yeah. I think we'll probably go four and two in division. It seems like that's what we do every single year, four and two. I could see us losing again, both games to the Niners. I would like to see us go get over the hump of last year and win one with Gino. Uh, maybe the Rams surprise us, but yeah, 10 and seven. I think that's, I think we'll improve by one game uh, this year from last. What about you, Clint? All right, so <laughs> you guys, you guys, uh, I'll get to this with the Niners too. I tend to be more pessimistic, so 
I was going to put this, I totally forgot when I got to the red flag. So I'm going to go over because I think the Seahawks as a team are good enough. But we talked about like Geno Smith and like, was it a one hit wonder? Russell Wilson's 2021 season in at least 16 categories was better than Geno Smith's 2022. Geno Smith threw 41 interceptable passes last year, but only had like 12. Russell Wilson was, what was it? Let's see. He had the third toughest schedule in 2021, but had the third best as far as EPA. And Geno Smith was 23rd in EPA, despite the 10th easiest schedule. So it goes to our, what's Geno going to do? He's terrible outdoors. <laughs> he had 32 turnover worthy plays. We're going to get to this with Brock Purdy too. I'm not just pooping on you, Talon. Um, no worries. So it just, it makes me worried, like, did teams, will teams figure it out? They, they really faded offensively the second half of the year. Um, but based on the talent around them, the coaching that they have, the division that they're in, um, and looking at the schedule of some of the other teams that they play, I think they will get to the over, and I would go with 10 and 7. But I would just be worried that, especially that yeah. middle stretch of the schedule there, Browns, Baltimore, Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, Pittsburgh, like all within like an eight-week stretch would be worrisome. And he's terrible outside and a lot of, they have a lot of outdoor games this year. Out of those interceptable passes, does it by chance say how deep of a, was it he's slinging it downfield? Was it, was it short over the middle? The reason why I ask is because Gino had to carry uh, and make up for a defense that was tragically bad last right. year. Yeah. So maybe he did it more interceptable balls as a result of having to sling it to keep them in games more. That'd be my only counter to that. But yeah, those are interesting statistics. I go back to, I think the statistics that matter, one of the biggest statistics that matter most is a completion percentage, which Gino led the league in. That will be interesting to see where he where he compares to this year from last. That's yeah, one I, of my favorite stats. Usually a quarterback that leads in that, when it comes to, that comes to mind is Drew Brees and Tom Brady. They were always leader of the packs, some of the best. So it'll be interesting to see if he repeats that. But yeah, that's interesting stats about Wilson and Gino over the last two years. Yeah, because I've told like I've told Ryan this at times too. Like I think we've reached a point where like sometimes we have too many stats and we're like, mm -hmm. what what are we even looking at? And it's some right. of those, like I agree. I think a lot of quarterbacks fall into that minus Dak Prescott. He just hands them out. But right. I'm sure <laughs> a lot of those were like downfield throws. Um, but it just <clears throat> when I went over some of them, because I I don't know if you guys know who Warren Sharp is. He has like a 500 yep. page book, yeah, <laughs> like a PDF. <laughs> and I got it for like $10. So I was going through like the teams I care about. Um, and the Niners and Seahawks were back to back in there. So I was going, cause a lot of it applies to like Brock Purdy too. Like, are, are we looking at last year as a real year or is it just like, all right, we caught lightning in a bottle and teams are going to figure some of it out. So I don't think he'll like fall off and you'll go, who, <laughs> Who, who did we just watch last year because of the weapons? And I think they will adjust, but it just makes me worried against teams with good defense that can get home a little quicker. Sure. 
Yeah, I have the over as well. I don't, you know, 10 wins seems fair. I think I counted seven like games that Seattle should win. And then there's a lot of them that could go either way. Um, So I I don't see them finish. Like the talent's too good. I think the defense is going to be better than it was last year. Um, So I I, I see them over as well. But yeah, the Geno stuff is is a little, you know, you can, we, we tend to also cherry pick stats. Right, like we'll cherry pick the stats that prove our point or disprove our point, depending on what side of the aisle we uh, are on. But um, I, I, I am a little nervous about Gino just because I've seen him in New York for all those years as a Dolphin fan. So I just kind of like, you know, who, who's the real Gino? We'll find out this year, though, and I think, I think he'll be fine. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, let's go to the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, last year they finished thirteen and four. Uh, who did they lose to in the playoffs, Clint? I don't remember. Me either. Okay, they were sixth in. <laughs> they were sixth. Yeah, I, in... just, I just found it. I just found it. <laughs> Let's look up the score. <laughs> uh, so um, they finished sixth in offense and first in defense. So, Clint, was what was your favorite move the Niners made? I'm getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, my favorite, I, I think bringing in Hargrave, like I know they paid him a lot, but when you are going to pay a quarterback, not a lot of money and you got a strength similar to like the Seahawks on offense, like you're playing into your strength, just keep playing into your strength while you can still pay these guys. Um, but obviously it's drafting a kicker in the third round who struggles in the preseason. That's what you wanted to go for, but I'll go with Hargrave, like setting up the defensive line, which when they finally ever decide to pay Nick Bosa, like then you really have no one to double up on. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite move. Uh, because it's again, strength on strength. And one of the biggest strengths every team should, you know, shoot for, is is line like defensive line just get to the quarterback all the time uh talon what about you yeah the same do you guys know offhand how many sacks he had last year this was shocking was it 12 to me at least yeah it was 11 11 so i mean it's just crazy you add a guy in the offseason like that to pair with the, an already impressive defensive line it's scary it's scary it's my favorite least favorite move <laughs> That's great. I like that. I like that. Uh, let's go to our least favorite move, though. Let's go to our actual least favorite move. Clint, what do you got for us? Um, losing Jimmy Ward. I don't think they had much of a choice because Jimmy Ward wants to play safety, and they pretty much told him last year, if you want to play, you're going to play nickel corner and kind of float between. He didn't want to do that anymore. But he he could be a big loss if they can't um, – get their there's they have three guys they're trying to move between nickel corner right now so he could be a big loss because he was when he wasn't hurt he was steady reliable he's a really good tackler so uh that could be a loss if the pass rush can't get home yeah that was that was one of the bigger ones um what about you talon i think for me giving up so fast on trey lance i mean how many games did he really get a chance to show to me, it made me think of this. When I'm playing Madden online, it can be a 0-0 game, and I'm marching down the field. I'm on the goal line. I throw pick six, and you know that he's going to take it to the house. What do I do? Well, before he can run it all the way back, I go and unplug my PS5. That way he doesn't have the satisfaction of doing that. 
I think the Niners went and quickly traded Trey Lance. They saw the the absolute embarrassment coming. So they're like, well, let's trade him and get what we can for him. However, I think this wasn't going to be a pick six. I think there was still some hope for him. I would like to see him another another year. It just seems so – it seemed – so fast to do that it seemed like pulling the plug on on a ps5 when the score was only zero zero yeah i actually have that down so clint let me ask you this question what does uh jamar chase jalen Waddle, jc horn patrick sertan uh Devontae smith and micah parsons all have in common they're all hacks no <laughs> <laughs> jamar chase kyle pitts what do they all have in common yeah, they were all taken right after they took Trey Lance. That's right. They could have been a 49er. <laughs> no, but Trey Lance. Um, I This is my least favorite move for the Niners, but my favorite move for Miami. Uh, Bradley Chubb, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddell does not happen if the Niners do not trade up for Jalen, uh, I mean, for Trey Lance. So thank you so much for that, Clint. Uh, so I, I also had that down. I'm going to be speak again on both sides of my mouth when it comes to Trey Lance as we do this preview. <laughs> But I just, again, I kind of agree with talent. There was a lot of talent there. They saw something to pick him ahead of like Mac Jones or whoever, Justin Fields. Um, it, it, they, he didn't get a lot of playing time. And I don't think that's good for a young player, uh, you know, especially somebody who didn't have a lot of reps to begin with. So that was kind of my least favorite move for them as well. Uh, I think their biggest mistake with Trey Lance was not just playing him year one. Mm. Just, mm. I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship game and lost to uh, the Rams that year, but I don't know. I, I said it then, and I'll like, you already know what you have with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I know you're trying to win, but I just feel like if you draft the guy, when the second year he, they gave him the job and he got hurt, and then unfortunately, like, Brock Purdy played so good that you can't, like, <laughs> not keep playing the guy who <laughs> went 8 and 0 until he tore his elbow. But I would have just started him right away and gave him at least the first half of the season to see if something else and then just say he got hurt or something. But I don't know. I, I agree. Like I, I feel like they had to trade him just because of the distraction of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I would have preferred you just took la that, that first year and just let him go. And I think it would be, obvious after seven, eight, nine, ten 10 weeks, if there was any improvement um, and I just think like he might be better off somewhere else. Cause I, I don't, he, he kind of reminds me of maybe like a Dante Culpepper where he's just not going to be good in the take that snap two step, look left and throw that slant. Like in that preseason game, I mean, he did it against the third stringers and the Broncos in the fourth quarter that everyone was raving about. Like, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of guys that look good in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, but like he just, I don't think it was his game. And that's where I think it fell apart is even in practice, like getting him to just throw that, those quick slants. Um, he just doesn't cut it loose and then he gets sacked and then it looks terrible. Um, and I think after two and a half years of it, Kyle Shanahan was like, if he's not going to do it, it's not going to work in this system. Yeah. It could have been just the wrong system. Yeah. Where would Kyle Shanahan be? And, uh, John Lynch, if Brock Purdy didn't pan out, though, where would they well, be right now? They're, they're going to be, be in trouble if Brock, if Brock Purdy isn't uh, close to what he was last year, or at least Jimmy Garoppolo level, they'll be in some trouble after this year. I thought I heard That's Sam. That's exactly. I thought I heard, though, that Sam Darnold is being compared to Steve Young. Uh, isn't 
isn't um, that yeah so i think you guys got that going for you <laughs> i just googled it and yes it's a perfect match it's a perfect yeah. match <laughs> my only i was joking with some friends i was like if you were trey lance you should be happy to be the quarterback three because by week 12 you're probably going to play at the rate the quarterbacks get hurt just like brock purdy you should be like all right i'm ready i got 12 weeks off and then i'm going to be in yeah yeah that's true um Let's see here. Uh, I I, will, I just wanted to add uh, real quick that first season. Did you think the Niners thought they were going to be as good as they were though? And like maybe their plan was actually to start Lance after like halfway through the season after he got some reps, um, because that's how I understood the situation. Uh, I could be wrong because I can't remember like how the season felt back in two thousand one. But that's what my initial thought was: is why they didn't start him right away is because they thought that maybe they could bring him in later in the year. I, I think their plan was draft him, let Garoppolo play the year out like he did, then let him play the next year. Um, but I guess, you know, when you can say, well, we were right, Jimmy Garoppolo got to the NFC Championship game and then turned into Jimmy Garoppolo, which my point all along was you just know what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do. So, I right. don't, you know, if you if you only win 10 games, but you find out Trey Lance is something special, great. But it also comes into the fact that you don't want to be embarrassed and trade that pick and go four and 12. And then the dolphins have a top eight pick. Why, why not? That sounds yeah. like a good plan to me. Yeah. It, it kind of, it kind of reminds me because like who did the, the going with Clint's point, who did the Niners lose to in the Super Bowl? It was the chiefs. What was the chiefs way of getting Patrick Mahomes to where he was sitting him behind Alex Smith. They had just seen that it worked for them. I think that was their mindset too. They wanted to just duplicate that. It just didn't work out because that is not a very common thing to have Patrick Patrick Mahomes come out of a draft like that. Yeah, and it's also funny because I feel like Mac Jones would be better in Kyle Shanahan's system. Is that isn't that a little weird? And that's who they the original rumor was they move up to three to get Mac Jones. Not that you really want yeah. him because he seems like he's going to be like an Andy Dalton esque type of quarterback, but. It is interesting because it, it, Trey Lance not getting the system is probably, you're probably right, Clint, is that's why they moved on from him. Uh, let's go to our green flag. Uh, Clint, what's your biggest green flag for the Niners? I'm just going to go with the defense. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> I think, assuming that uh, my phone is going to buzz tomorrow, that Nick Bosa is going to get his money and then uh, be ready to go. I just think their defense, that defensive line, covers up the holes in the secondary. I mean, they have Ward and they have Hufanga, but you know their second corner has never ever been that good. So um, their defense keeps them in these games, and you know you just have to hope you don't lose anyone big. But I'll go with their their defense as their biggest strength right now. Yeah, I, I, that's uh, they were the best last year. So and they added uh, Talon. What about you? It's just overflowing with talent. It's like, who do you cover? Who do you, I mean, everyone's healthy on offense. And of course, that's, that's a, a big thing to say for the Niners as of late. But probably like when you're distracted with Kittle and Debo and Chris McCaffrey, you know, who's gonna, who's just gonna be wide open every play, Brandon IU, because they've got, they've got no one else to cover the guy. So just, it's not fair. It really isn't. It'll be fun to watch. If I could have everyone on the 49ers offense on my fantasy team, I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I I agree with that. Um, I, I So this is where I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. You mentioned it, Clint, so you kind of stepped on my point. 
uh, trading Trey Lance, moving on from him, is going to alleviate distractions. And I think that's a green flag for you guys mentioned the obvious ones. This one is maybe less obvious, but like basically like Brock Purdy doesn't have to sit there and look over his shoulder the entire season. It's his team. We know who Sam Darnold is. We'll move forward with Brock. Let Lance go. I like that move in the sense of like team chemistry so that the team ain't like, oh, I wonder if Lance can do better, you know, like or the the media doing the same if uh, Brock has like a bad game or two. So um, that's what I, I had for a green flag. Um, again, both sides of my mouth. So no matter what I can say, I'm right. That's the point. Um, let's go your biggest red flag, uh, Clint. It's going to be Brock Purdy. Like, yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. Is, you know, his stats come out very similar, uh, to Garoppolo, but I think he, he's better in that sense because he moves around. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's just not a, a statue out there and he'll run around and make some plays. So, but you know, his touchdown rate was what 7.6 last year, which is unsustainably high. Patrick Mahomes was at 6.3, <laughs> you know, like, so some of these numbers, like he had an absurd stretch and maybe they can stay elevated because of the weapons and because of how they can spread the ball and they just throw these guys, the ball and they, you know, and they run, but he's coming off injury. He was the last pick in the draft. <laughs> like, <clears throat> the rose-colored glasses in me wants to be like, oh, yeah, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. But similar to, like, Geno Smith, like, you look at some of the, the numbers that they put up, and he has a smaller sample size, but, like, you, you can't you can't continue at that, at least long-term. And otherwise, you're just going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Talon? Yeah, you guys covered the, the biggest one, so I'll just – to talk about injury history as of late it's just still a red flag because I believe strongly if this team didn't have the injury plagues of last year they would have beat the Eagles I I think they would have uh and that's that's hard to say being a Seahawks fan because I did enjoy watching that game I never enjoy the injuries but I enjoy watching them get beat up on pretty bad so if you if if they can stay healthy I think they're the best team in the NFC, possibly the NFL. Uh, so that's my biggest red flag. And it's the case with most teams, honestly. But as of late, the last decade, this team seems to be plagued with injuries. Yeah, and if you think of like Kittle, he's a very physical guy. I think he was injured a little last year. Debo, the same thing. He like puts himself in a position to get hurt because he's so physical. And then we know Christian McCaffrey's history. He like last year he had a pretty healthy season compared to all the other seasons he has. So is that just an outlier or is that something that's going to be something he continues moving forward? So that's a really good one to bring up. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm with Clint, the uh, Brock pretty thing. It's just the sample size It's too small. So, uh, but we'll see what happens uh, with that. I think Scott Mitchell had a really good sample size at one time too on the Miami Dolphins. And then they trade him to the Lions and poor Barry Sanders had to deal with <laughs> Scott Mitchell. So uh, that happened. Look at me pulling that out of the Ooh. ether of my brain. Yeah, that was that was a nice. Yeah. And you got and you got your Dolphins and Lions flag right back there too. Yeah, that's I, right. I didn't even I didn't know you were that I didn't know you were old enough to recall the Scott Mitchell days. Oh. Well, my dad's a Lions fan, so I've watched Scott. A lot of complaints about Scott Mitchell. <laughs> I'm just glad neither of you asked me who Scott, if I know who Scott Mitchell is. Do, do you know who Scott Mitchell is? 
No. <laughs> but I'm going to go straight to the internet right after this podcast is over and, and do some research. That way, next time I'm on here, I'll 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 have all this Scott Mitchell uh, trivia for you guys. Yeah, and then you could be like, at least Geno Smith interception rate wasn't as high as Scott Mitchell's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be great comeback. Yeah. I'm going to write that down right now. Yeah. Let's go fantasy go-to. Clint, what do you got for fantasy go-to? So I'm going to go with Debo Samuel for this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Christian McCaffrey is the obvious one, but I do think he is going to play at least the first half of the year, less than people think, assuming Elijah Mitchell doesn't get hurt, <laughs> which happens every few weeks anyhow. But I think they are going to ease him through. He'll still play a lot, but you know, like some people, you think your running back is going to play 75% of the snaps. I don't think he will. Um, but I think Debo Samuel mentioned, you know, he was worried about his contract last year, came in a little heavy. Um, and when he's played with uh, Purdy in the preseason, they just thrown it to him. I, what did he have? Three catches on the one drive. So I think they are going to feature him um, quite a bit. So I think he will have a bounce back year. But otherwise, I'd agree. Like, I had Brandon Ayuk on my fantasy team. I used, used him in a trade last year just because he's so, like, inconsistent because the Niners don't throw it uh, enough to have like all of these guys put up monster stats. They kind of like fluctuate through the year, but I think Debo Samuel is going to have a bounce back year in catches and touchdowns. Yeah. That's who I had as well. Talon. That's who I had as well. As you can tell, I love wide receivers in fantasy football. All my fantasy football player go-tos were wide receivers. Debo is just, again, to me, it's gross how undervalued he is. He's the 18th wide receiver being taken off the board. Again, recency bias because just in 2021, he was two and three and PPR and non-PPR formats. I mean, he was a league winner. And so you, you get Cooper Cup later in the first round and then late in the third round, get Debo Samuel to pair him with. I mean, that's wide receiver one and two just two years ago. And you can get them for so much cheaper, like half the cost of last year. So to me, Debo is just, you, you gotta, you gotta want him. You gotta want him. He's, he's going to be doing all sorts of cool highlight reel things on the field this year. Yeah, I agree. And especially with the quarterback as well, like Brock, that's the type of receiver he's going to target versus like Lance. What we were worried about last year, I think was Ayuk was going to take over because Lance is more of a deep ball thrower than, than uh, Garoppolo was. But now we got Brock who who's kind of the, the similar style as Garoppolo. So I think Debo is going to have a great year. Uh, let's uh, do our predictions. Uh, Vegas has it at 10 and a half wins. Clint, who, how, how do you have the Niners looking this year? I'll go over. I'll go at 12. I'm going over as well. Clint, uh, uh, Talon, Clint, man, we we agree too much this podcast. I guess it makes up for the last one because I've got twelve as well, and I think I think then you you have ten for Seattle and seven for the Rams. That that's crazy. So yeah, twelve. Um, but semi bold prediction. I think they're gonna start at zero and one because I think Steelers are gonna shock the world. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, so we all have Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals in that order finishing out the season. Okay, perfect. Yeah, okay, correct. let's do. Okay, let's do our final thoughts real quick here. We're just gonna have first our most confident prediction about this division going into the season. Talon, what do you got for us? 
Let's see. My most confident prediction is that it will finish in the order that you said. Niners, top <laughs> Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. Okay, I like it. Uh, what about you, Clint? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Talon. I'm sorry. I interrupted no you. Just a player prediction. My most confident player prediction that Cooper Cup's going to get 1,400 plus receiving yards. I think that's a slam dunk. Okay, I like that one. Uh, what, what about you, Clint? My most confident was going to be that the Cardinals are last because um, I couldn't see a scenario where the Seahawks – oh, this hurts. The Seahawks could have just a blowout year. <laughs> and if the Niners have injuries or whatever, or we have to watch Sam Darnold for a few weeks, um, especially middle partners, what <laughs> Niners schedule would make me nervous. But my for sure, I would bet everything on is that the Cardinals are going to be last. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have that the Cardinals picking in top three. That's that's my most confident prediction in this uh, division. Uh, let's go least confident prediction. So this is a, con- a prediction that we feel kind of confident about to predict it, but we're not too sure about it. Let's start with you on this one, Clint. What's your least confident prediction? The Rams over. Okay. Just, I, just, I just worry about the wheels falling off and then they just end of the year trying to get that top five pick. Yeah, that's that's a good one. What about you, Talon? Brock Purdy leading a 12-win team back-to-back years. That's, I mean, it's possible, but it's definitely least confident out of the ones we've said. Yeah, uh, sort of similar to you, Talon. I have two playoff teams coming out of this division. I have Seahawks and Niners, and I'm least confident in that only because I'm trusting in Brock Purdy sample size very small and i'm trusting in geno smith who had a lot of seasons and only one good year so it's like well is i could could one or the other fall off absolutely so i'm a little let me help you be more confident let me help you be more confident what other quarterbacks in the nfc are there though when you look at the nfc jared goff (laughs) yeah 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 he's like yeah 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 that's like my that's like my saving grace for the season is you just look at the NFC and you're like, well, even if they get injured, they don't play that good. Both of these teams are probably going to make the playoffs unless it totally falls flat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I just feel like, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I don't know if like, if Brock Purdy just, and then on top of like the injuries or like Geno Smith kind of goes back downhill and the defense doesn't improve the way we see it. I don't know, it, but you guys are right. The NFC is not a strong conference, so you at least have that going for us. Um, let's do dark horse predictions. Uh, let's start with you on this one, Talon. What's your dark horse prediction for this division? Quick, give me a, an idea of what you're looking for for dark horse. Just okay. something that's like not very common and not right. out of right. this. Uh... Sort of outlandish, mm. but you could possibly see happening. I have one. Let me just start with mine, maybe, and then I'll give you an idea. My prediction that either either Stafford Cup or Aaron Donald will not finish on the Rams this season. So one of the three or all three will be traded by the end of the season. So that's sort of my dark horse prediction. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's pretty good. Okay, my dark horse p- prediction then. Uh, Seahawks lead the NFC with interceptions with their Ooh. quarterback cornerback room. Okay. You're yeah. not talking about Gino leading the league in interception. You're talking no, about no, the defense. Okay. Quarterback the, room okay. Leading. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. No, no, not Gino. No, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. 
<laughs> what about you, Clint? Right What's your dark? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> my dark horse would be that the Rams hit the over and get get a, get that seventh playoff spot. Whoa. Okay. So I'm like not confident that two teams are coming out. You're like, hey, I could see three. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Okay, that's awesome. I like well, that's that. That's why one. I called it. That's why I called it a dark horse. Like just randomly, the Rams are like, hey, we're gonna be nine and eight or something. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be a, a game not to watch on, on playoff weekend. I'll tell you that. No kidding. Okay, guys. Anything else? No, this was fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, awesome. Thank you both for joining me, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Box Score Sports Podcast. If you haven't yet, please follow me on Instagram at the Box Score Sports Podcast and also you can find us on youtube the box score sports podcast uh, thanks so much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed and we'll talk to you guys soon